We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with BiteClear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. <laughs> I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate. The Ring Out Ahoya podcast is your official home for the latest information on Marquette Athletics. Join us each week for exclusive conversations with administrators, coaches, student athletes, and many more. We are Marquette. Welcome to episode three of a Ring Out Ahoya podcast, and we're joined by Dominique James, Dominique Wright. Right. And, and, and we'll get into that. And Dominique, I mean, so much to talk about. Uh, it, it's almost like you're a Bigfoot uh, or the Loch Ness Monster, I want to say. Like, people see you every once in a while, but they're not really sure. You pop in and you pop out. But how you doing, man? I mean, it, it, it's hard to believe it's been 10 years, over 10 years since you've been on campus. 10 years. Wow. First of all, Scott, thank you for having me. Thank you for reaching out to me. It always means the world to me when I, my Marquette family, uh, you know, reaches out to me and we can reconnect. Uh, but you especially, uh, you always looked out for me and my guys. Uh, then, 
and now. You always looking. You always looked out for our best interests. You always had our best interests at heart, and you're always um, making sure that our well-being. You know, just just looking out for that always. You know, even now that we're away, it's been ten years, and you always reach out to us and just to check in on us, making sure we're doing all right. So I, I really appreciate that. I appreciate that. You know, I have a lot of time invested, Nick, trying to track you guys down. All right. <laughs> I came in, you know, I, right. I, we first met, met, you were already two years in. I came in from South Florida. I, I mean, I, we had been playing, obviously. And Did we I, give you a hard time about that? The, well, the year before, we were tied, and Jarrell stole the ball at South Florida, remember, broke our hearts. Right. And then we come back the next year. Here I'm with Mighty Marquette now. Yep. And we ended up losing. So, but I, <laughs> oh, don't that is, start, I don't want to start on that. Oh, man, that. that's right. That is right. We should have won that game, too. That was a tough one. That's what the, Lazar missed it at the tip, right? He missed the tip. Yeah, I was watching it last, uh, last night, as a matter of fact. But anyway, you know, we'll oh, talk man. about a lot more good memories. But you, know, <laughs> yeah, you, exactly. guys, you guys with Wes and Rel, and you, got, you were veterans. You know, I was usually looking for you guys to do something. You knew how to work the system. I remember the, the locker room in the Al was great because there was only one door in and out. <laughs> so I knew that you guys would have to come through there at some point. And that's where I was. Yep. So that's, you know, I appreciate what you said, but I had, you know, a lot of time invested in you guys. You know, you're all grown you up now. I know. I know, man. That's, a, that's the awesome part about it. I love seeing where everybody's at in life now. And uh, I really enjoy that. And it's crazy because I don't do much. I don't do much reminiscing yet. I don't think I'm that old to start reminiscing. <laughs> you know, I'm constantly on the go. And uh, but just to see where everybody's at right now, I think that's awesome. I watched the last dance last last night and I seen where uh Dennis Rodman, they had to sneak him out through a, a different exit. Maybe I wish we would have had that when you was around. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that same thing. You guys would have used it. And it wouldn't have been the media guy sneaking him out. I'd have been at the other door looking for you too. <laughs> right. Right. And I mean, just to go along with you, um, I want to give a, a shout out too to Mike Broker. I mean, Mike, man, he was the man, bro. Like he really, he really took care of us from, from day one, us coming in as freshmen. Uh, I remember us going out to New York for the Big East Media Day. And, you know, Coach Crane, he decided to take his three freshmen, you know, which is, I think it's unheard of. And uh, Mike made sure that we were treated the right way, uh, that people respected us. And uh, from that day forward, it's just like Mike, man, he's, he's just somebody we could always lean on. So I definitely want to give Broker a shout out. Uh, I'm sure he helped you out in some ways, too. Yes, uh, you know, more than I'd like to admit. We were just talking, so I'll, make, I'll make sure that he knows he gets a mention early on in our podcast. <laughs> right. So, and we'll get back to, uh, you know, we really do. I mean, we could talk for hours probably. We'll see how long this goes. Uh, but uh, before we go back to Marquette, I, I wanted to have you kind of summarize where you're at now, right? So you did, yep. you get married, yep. you changed your last name, right? Yep. And just to throw in something else, you're now expecting uh, a baby boy, I believe, yep. as of got a couple got of days on. ago. So let's start there and, and just provide a little update. That's a lot right there. Well, I know, <laughs> we're just getting started, man. Yeah, so I uh, married to my wife for, we're going to our seventh year of marriage. Um, we started out in Atlanta and we soon moved to Tennessee. And uh, during that time, I had actually hung up the shoes. I decided to retire. And uh, long story short, uh, we started a business. And unfortunately, our business partner scammed us out of every dollar that we had. 
So we lost everything. And that's how we wound up in Tennessee because my wife's parents, they had to come down to Atlanta, pack us up, bring us into Tennessee, and we live with them. Was that the and balloon I, in the box thing? That was the balloon in the box. Right. Balloon in the box, you know, excellent idea. We had a patent for it. And we were all in uh, with the idea. And uh, we were sitting down with the largest manufacturer in, uh, in the U.S., in uh, Bacon, Georgia. And everything was going great. So we went all in on it. And uh, unfortunately, we had a uh, a terrible business partner who got us for all of our money, uh, which, uh, which was obviously very tough because at the time, that's when we found out that my wife was pregnant with our daughter, Jensie. So that was extremely tough for us. It was a humbling experience. Uh, but thankfully, we were able to get back on our feet. And uh, I ended up going back to play basketball. And that's how I ended up in the Middle East, where I've been for the last six years i was in doha qatar for five years in this this previous season uh, i was in abu dhabi united arab emirates so being in that region of the world has been great and i'm thankful that uh we had an opportunity to live there and that we've been able to get back up on our feet you know after taking that that hard hit so but yeah so now i mean our, our family has grown we got our uh our oldest daughter uh nora we have uh jency we have jet uh who's two and then my wife just surprised me. We're having a little boy coming in November. So we got point guards coming. <laughs> we got point guards lined up. <laughs> and did I see you're taking, uh, you're taking ideas for names? It's just got to start with a J. Is that just got to start with, with a J? You know, it's a, everybody's very trendy. So the last dance is going out there and everybody's like, it's got to be Jordan. I'm like, oh, come yeah. on, man. Yeah. You know what I mean? So we're trying to get away from Mike. Everybody want to be like Mike. So <laughs> we, we're, we're just, uh, racking our minds with you know what's what's going to be the best j name we got we got jency and jet you know what's going to be next and you guys obviously are keeping busy uh right now with all that's going on i'm sure i know in different parts right. of the nation you know we're at different stages uh maybe just talk a little about what what your days are like right now and and yeah what i mean, plans are. I, mean I assume you want to go back and play right yeah yeah we uh, I, man you know i'm getting to that age now where you have to seriously consider when when is time when is the time going to be to walk away um you know this especially this past season with everything that transpired my family and I we actually got stuck in Abu Dhabi which was a very tough experience you know everything was getting canceled um starting with the NBA going on to March Madness they canceled and then leagues around the world start canceling um and then in Europe they shut down a little earlier than us especially in you know Italy where there was a large outbreak, France, you know, all those, all those places where, you know, basketball is really good. Um, so I was just keeping an eye on that. Then I reached out to Jarrell because he was in the Middle East along with myself. He was playing in Israel. And I was just checking in with him, like, Rail, you know, how are you doing? Are you making plans to get home? Because this is around the time that President Trump was saying, if you're an American and you're overseas, it's time for you to get home. So he was like, yeah, man, I'm, I'm headed out on the next thing smoking. So I'm like, okay, well, you know, we're just – because we had to wait until the league actually canceled. Um, they did a temporary suspension uh, with with the mindset that they were going to continue a couple weeks later. Uh, but I didn't see that. But I couldn't leave because if I would have left, it would have been a breach of contract. You know, and there's just all kinds of legalities gotta, you got to work out if that's the, the choice that you want to take. So we, did try to, we, we decided to wait it out. And uh, once they did officially announce – that they had canceled the league. You know, we were scrambling around, trying to get our flight tickets home. And uh, long story short, we got there and the, uh, the airport said there was a problem with our exit visas. So once we got that situation squared away, the last flight had already left. 
and they shut down the airport, which was unbelievable. It was very disappointing. You know, our kids were ready to get home. Uh, to next again, we live next door to to their Mimo and their people, so they couldn't wait to get home. And they shut down the airport. And uh, thankfully, uh, the U.S. government, the uh, U.S. embassy, intervened and, and got the help of the uh, Emiratis government, and they ended up getting us a, a flight home. So we ended up making a home. And the ironic thing about it is, the U.S. ambassador in UAE is a Marquette alum. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So he ended up meeting us at the airport. You know, he, he he came there and he greeted us and he just let us know how blessed we were uh, that this all worked out. And it was us along with probably about 20 other families that got that one flight back from the UAE into Washington, D.C. That's awesome. Marquette's everywhere, yeah. man, right? It is. It is. Shout out to the Marquette family. <laughs> well, and I know yes, I, I think if I saw right, you even used a little, you know, some social media to kind of get the word out there. And I, and I know just from following you on Facebook and Instagram and everything, that's become a big part of what you do as well. And, and people aren't going to be able to see you right now. We're going to just be audio, but you've got a mic headset. I got the mic. I got the podcast mic jumping you on. A great video for Marcus. I mean, yep. that's become a passion of yours, obviously. It's it has. Shout out to yours. Marcus Howard, man. That man is, he's the real deal. He's the real deal. So shout, shout out to him. But, yeah, I mean, it was so fun being on front of the camera. You know how much we enjoy being in front of the camera. You know that, Scott. Yeah, once I got you there, yeah. It pretended <laughs> like you hated it, but once you got yeah, yeah. there, you were awesome. Hey, we tried. <laughs> we tried. <laughs> but uh, it's been just as fun learning what goes on behind the camera or behind a microphone and all the work that goes into it. That's why I appreciate you guys so much more now because I'm like, we thought we was working hard. You know, you got, you had to track us down for one, and then you had to create the content, you know? So um, it's come full circle for me and my wife. Uh, my wife, she, she played at, uh, she played at Kentucky and then she transferred to Indiana state. And uh, then she got into modeling. So she knows what it's like to be on, on that side of the camera. Now we're creating content and it's just been awesome. It really has. So we got our YouTube channel, uh, Nick and Ange and, uh, we're still growing. We're about to come out with a podcast. I'll definitely let you know when we do that. And, um, you know, we're, we're just really enjoying that. Uh, just creating content and it's Christian content. It's, uh, related to sports. So it's been awesome. It really has been. Looking back now on your pro career, according to the internet, and, and let me know if any of this is, is not true. It looks like you've had stops in Turkey, Bulgaria, Greece, Serbia, Italy, France, Syria, and Qatar. Is that right? Did I miss any? Except for Syria. I didn't ever play there. All right. Well, <laughs> have to, I'll say that. Yeah. So Qatar and then UAE. Yeah. United Arab Emirates. So that's all those places. You know, I started off um, basically doing a tour all around Europe. And what's really great about those experiences, especially in Europe, you might be living in those places. You might be living in Greece, but you're playing in leagues that you're traveling from country to country, you know, week to week. So, I mean, having the opportunity to do something that I love to do and, and, and having the opportunity to see the world at the same time, it's a really unique and awesome experience. Do you have a favorite spot uh, of those stops or uh, is there a season that's, that stands out to you? Well, I was always torn. I was always torn, especially my first few years, because I wanted to be home. So I didn't really – 
live out those experiences to the max. You know, I didn't do a lot of sightseeing. I was to the gym and I was back home. I was to the gym and I was back home. But then once I got married, um, having my wife there, our daughter was born in Qatar. It was I was no longer torn between two places. I could really just sit still and just take it all in. And my wife, she's all about adventure, sightseeing. She's a country girl, so she likes being outside. So uh, we really, you know, took it upon ourselves to really take time out and, and, and enjoy those places as a family, to really take in the different cultures and the uh, traditions, the different people, the different food. I mean, we really wanted to set aside some time as a family and really take the entire experience in. So with that being said, the Middle East has been unbelievable. You know, and there's a lot of scrutiny about that region of the world. And uh, to be open to it and really uh, taking their culture has been great for us. And truth be told, I've never felt safer anywhere else in the world than my time in Qatar as well as our time in UAE. You know, you've done a great job, as you mentioned, about embracing it and trying to experience everything you can. And you mentioned, you know, where you have liked it the most. But was there a place that was the most challenging that – you know, just the adjustment or you just never really got there? Uh, <laughs> well, Italy, man. I, would, I think I was lovesick. I had just met my wife, right? <laughs> in the summer, in the summer, I had just met my wife and I had to leave. And obviously she stayed in Atlanta and I left. And uh, this is like a couple of weeks after I met her, but I knew she was the one, Scott. You know what I mean? Yeah. And uh, I went, I went to Italy and I played terrible. I mean, I was so I was so whack. And uh, I played against Travis. And let me, let me just tell you how bad I was. I was playing against Travis. And Travis, he was just like, man, you got to get it together. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> he was just like, he was encouraging me. Probably a little he, more colorful than that is what he, yeah, what he said I would get. Yeah, yeah. Hey, you know, Travis, yeah. he, don't, he don't bite his tongue. <laughs> he was like, get it together. You know what I mean? And I was just, I just couldn't do it, man. And uh, but shout out to Travis Diener, man. That is my brother, great leader, great person, great uh, husband, family man. And I learned so much from him uh, at my days at Marquette, and even now, um, he's he's built a legacy for himself in Italy. They love him there, and uh, that says everything to do with you know who he is uh, as a competitor, but even more so who he is as a person. So shout out to Trav. And then you end up getting engaged. In a contest, right? Yeah, that was that my you, highlight of Italy. That you won? Well. Or that you I, just made the dunk, right? I, I made the dunk, and then I walked over to the judges, and I was like, I already won. I ain't dunking no more. I'm out. <laughs> 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 so yeah, strategy. I, yeah, yeah. So I threw the ball up. I let it bounce between the legs. Boom. And I told my teammate, I said, if I make this dunk, go grab Angela and bring her onto the court. and. By God's grace, I made the dunk. He put her out there, and uh, I proposed to her. And, again, she has a basketball background. And when she was younger, her mom always told her, I and mean, she was a gym rat, and she's, her mom told her, if you're ever going to get married one day, your husband's going to propose to you in a gym. Of course, I didn't know that. But, yeah. hey, it all, it all worked itself out. And uh, she said, yeah, man, and the rest is history. So, But, yeah, that was the, that was the highlight of my, my time in Italy. Well, your history does extend a little bit further back, and, and we'll, go, we'll go there now and, and back to your days at Marquette. And like I said, you know, I came in uh, after your sophomore year. I think you were testing the, the draft process at that point. You obviously had a tremendous freshman year. You guys were on the upswing. 
maybe talk a little about your first couple of years at Marquette and, and then we'll get to kind of that transition going into your senior year. But I know sure. I, I did see an interview where that first year really kind of has stuck out to you, right? As when you were yeah. at Marquette. That was the, that was a special, special year. I mean, just coming in, uh, I had a little bit of a chip on my shoulder. Uh, I didn't win Mr. Basketball in the state of Indiana. I was runner up. It was our, it was Marquette's first year going into the Big Geese. So, you know, there was little or no expectation at all for us to do well. And from the moment that we stepped foot on the campus, you know, Coach Crane, he pushed us. I mean, he threw us in the fire immediately. Even before Coach Crane got his hands on us, it was the seniors who got their hands on us. <laughs> and we was in the old in, in the old building where they used to practice. And uh, it was us freshmen against all the older guys. And uh, – we let them have it. <laughs> we let we let them have it. We was at them, and that's when we really earned our seniors' respect in that very first open gym. And uh, me, Ray West, Dwight Burke, um, we uh, we had a kid named uh, Matt Mortensen, and uh, one other I can't even think. But um, yeah, we we went at them, and and we earned the seniors' respect. And you know, Coach Crane, he just he just gave us an opportunity, and uh, it was just a really really special time. What percentage of the plays would you say you knew in the playbook of Coach Crane's 800? <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know what? Coach Crane is a basketball genius. When it comes to X and O's, I mean, his playbook is, oh, my goodness. It gives me a headache even thinking about it. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, he – man, it was we, – we always had something. You know, he, we was always a really good, really – well-prepared team and if I never if I didn't know what to do I could ask Wes man Wes <laughs> he can remember everything I mean his ability to just be able to recount things and uh, remember plays in every position on the floor that's just how gifted Wes is I mean he could really he knows where everybody's supposed to be at all times which is why he could really play any position on the floor and uh, he was a great teammate to have uh, by far one of my best teammates uh, Shout out to Wes, man. I love him. That's my brother. That was my roommate for four years. And, uh, you know, just an awesome person. You guys obviously put together a great career. But, you know, after three years in, Coach Crean leaves for uh, Indiana. Do you remember uh, the meeting out at his house when, you know, the word had gotten out, but he had officially told the team. Any recollection of that meeting at all, how that went? Well, we, uh, I remember the day. It was April 1st, yep. you know. And uh, my mom sent me a message, or she called me, and she was like, have you seen ESPN on the ticker? I'm like, what? She said, Coach Crane is leaving. I'm like, yeah, right. Going where? And she said, IU. So I'm, I'm first of all, this is my coach, you know what I mean? Secondly, you're going to IU. I'm an Indiana kid, you know? Yeah. So it was like a double, double stab, you know? I was just, that really hurt. And then I remember – you know, everybody's on the corner uh, at Humphrey Hall. You know, that's where everybody's rooms are on the corner. So I, I'm running up the stairs. Me and Wes, we're banging on every door. Like, let's go meet at the top. And that's Rail's room, Rail and Dwight. And uh, we all sit down. We turn on the TV. And there it is on the, on the ticker, you know, that uh, Coach Crean is leaving. And then they send buses to us uh, to, to head out to his house. And uh, I just remember going in, being greeted by uh, Mrs. Crean. And their coach was, I mean, he was already in tears. 
you know, and there was a lot of stuff laid out there and it was just, it was tough for everybody. It really was. So, you know, we shared our thoughts and uh, he explained to us that he felt like this was the best move for himself and his family, which we understood, but that's when it really hit us, you know, really the business side of, of collegiate athletics, you know what I mean? So of course, you know, everybody has committed to the university of Marquette, but, you know, Coach Green had so much to do with that, and to see him go, that was really tough for for all of us, especially uh, for us guys who were heading into our senior year. Yeah, I mean, and that was the I, I think the biggest thing I, I was thinking of when, when we were getting ready to talk about this is just you know the timing of it for you guys, and obviously we ended up you know hiring Buzz who had been there a year, but I, I think a lot of people probably don't know. I mean, he was recruiting a large part of the time. So it's not like he was there as much maybe as people would think uh, an assistant would be. So there was some more relationship building with you guys that had to go on there. For sure. I had little to almost no type of relationship with coach Buzz. You know, I was just, I I didn't see, I didn't see the university going in that direction at all. I'm like, what, (laughs) you know? And uh, yeah, I, I really didn't see that coming at all, but it's the best thing that's ever happened to me in my life. I'll say that. I mean, for him to come in and do the job that he did, because he didn't even have, he didn't even have our full respect from the jump. You know what I mean? It was like, we had already established something there. You know, me, Rail and Wes, we were ready ready that senior year to accomplish something special. And we we were expecting to do that with Coach Crean as our leader. And then with him uh, leaving, and, and Coach Buzz filling those shoes. We didn't even know if Coach Buzz, Coach Buzz understood the Marquette way, you know? And he came in and he implemented new rules. And it was tough for us to, to accept it as first. I'm talking about rules in open gym, you know, because our open gyms were competitive. You know what it was, Scott? When you came yeah, in them gyms, yeah. it was a dogfight. You know, and we were really in there getting it in. And then he came in and made a few different rules about, like, if you score, you keep it. Yeah, you know? because they like, wanted, they wanted you to run offense more rather than just up and down, right? Yeah, run off. But it was more so about having pride and getting stops on defense. Yeah, yeah. You know, and we would play the seven. So it was real quick games. And uh, at first, we hated it. We like, man, we're going to do it our way. We don't care what he's talking about because it was a time where Coach Buzz, he couldn't even be in the gym like that. So – uh one of the assistants, he came in, Coach Autry, he's like, listen, y'all better get it together. I'm just letting you know. I'm going to give you a little bit of advice that you better, you know, th- these these demands are coming from the top. <laughs> and uh, sure enough, uh, Coach Buzz, he came in and laid the smack down. <laughs> yeah. He laid the smack down. And then we accepted it. And uh, you, really what the changing point was, was when Rail, when Rail was like, all right, guys, Coach Buzz is our new leader. It's time for us to accept him and listen to what he, he has to say and follow him. Because by that time, you know, Rail had really taken over the team. You know, he was the voice of the team, um, him and Wes both. And uh, we just followed that lead. And, you know, it was it was great for us to be under the stewardship of Coach Buzz because he was an excellent leader, excellent leader. Did anybody call more fouls in open gym than Jarrell McNeil? In the history of open gym, win win at all costs, rail. <laughs> <laughs> win at all costs, rail. He never failed, but he got failed a lot. <laughs> yeah, I, I would say that's accurate. That's accurate. And, and you know, rail hit. Never, get the, never, 
never, never. And if you wanted to debate it, then you uh, better be ready to throw your your hands, you know, because it was – that's my – listen, when it comes to competition, me and Rail was just – you know, I love playing with him, but we brought the best out in each other when we played against each other because we was at each other's neck. We didn't back down. We got in a couple scuffles, and that's what brought us even closer together. You know, it's just competing with each other and uh, really just trying to push each other to the max. So. And I thought that, you know, just to clarify something you said, you know, about the, the respect factor, and, it, and it's not like you guys were disrespectful. It's just you've been through it. You knew what you needed to get done. And and I think Buzz learned that after the initial rules. And then he did let you guys have your freedom and, and yep. do what you needed to do on the court and off. Yeah, he did. I mean, he – you asked me – you asked me if I remember Coach Crean's playbook. I remember so many plays. I can't remember one play from Coach Buzz. I can't remember one play that we ran because – there's a difference there with, with Coach Crean and Coach Buzz is, you know, Coach Crean is an excellent basketball coach. Coach Coach Buzz, he's a life coach. You know, he's coaching life through basketball and, you know, so many different lessons. And for me at the time, that's exactly what I needed. You know, I was so basketball-oriented that once basketball went wrong, or even if it was going so well, maybe I didn't handle the success well, and I didn't handle the failure uh, well. And when you come into a Coach Cream practice, you got to be ready for anything. <laughs> you can, you got to be ready for anybody that walks in. It anybody, if you're a player or not, or you can be the media, and you better be ready for anything. You know what I mean? So it, Coach Cream always had us on our P's and Q's. You know, and when you go into war, it's kind of like okay, it, it'll prepare you for anything can happen in the game. But then on the flip side, you got Coach Buzz. Coach Buzz is the most consistent human being I've ever seen. What you see is what you get every single day, you know, and that consistency is what I needed. You know, I, I, I always thought that it was a, uh, it was an advantage to be able to switch up at any given time, kind of like a chameleon. It don't matter, matter where I, I am, I can adapt. Whereas there are, there, there are some great things about that, but when you can be who you are, no matter who's around, no matter where you are, where you're at, that's to me that's even more special, you know. And he, that's how Coach Buzz was. He was so consistent with who he was, and he gave our team in an identity. In just a year's time, we had a we had an identity about ourselves that we knew who we were. That way, if we go out in the game and we get punched in the mouth, we can say, "Okay, this is what we need to get to," because we're not being ourselves, and that was special. Talk about punch in the mouth. I mean, for you, obviously, you know, having a great year, you get hurt. UConn, right? I believe uh, it was at home early on. Uh, you know, looking back on it, did you know? I mean, first of all, let me say, you know, Todd Smith will tell you still today that pound for pound, you're the best athlete he's ever seen. I mean, Todd says that. Yeah, man, that means a that. lot coming from T. Smith, man. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out he to Ted Smith. <laughs> he does say that. He's in, hands down, just overall. Wow. Uh, so for you to get hurt, I think shocked people more than – I mean, you were the guy, right? right? I mean, you were the yeah, athlete. Because, you know, Wes got hurt freshman year. Rail got hurt junior year. So I felt like I was winning the tough man contest. I wasn't getting hurt. Yeah. And then, yeah, it just all came crashing down against UConn. And, uh, you know, that was devastating. And, yeah, that's, that was a punch in the mouth. 
But then again, I had some time with Coach Buzz. Like, he helped me figure out me. And this is aside from basketball. Me and Coach Buzz, we never talked about basketball. Never. It was all about life. Dominique, how can I help you as a person? Somehow he just saw that I needed that help, and I really, really did. And uh, he just helped me so, so much. And when I say help, it was more – it wasn't physical, it was spiritual. You know, Coach Crean, he's – or Coach Buzz, he's an amazing man of God, Jesus follower, and – he led me to Christ. He led me to salvation in Jesus Christ. And it was after a high moment. Can I go into that? You can, this is your podcast. Okay, you okay. Yeah, this is, you think they're here listening highlight, to me? No. <laughs> <laughs> highlight of my Marquette career. I had just hit a game winner at NC State. I was going to ask about that. It works out perfect. Man, I had just hit a – and I, I've, had a, I've had a roller coaster career at this point, you know, up and down, up and down. And – uh. My senior year, I really wasn't I – had, I had bought in to Coach Buzz, so I wasn't worried about individual success. I was worried about team success. I was totally bought in. And uh, so I became more of a defensive player my senior year. That was my mindset because that was Coach Buzz's mindset. He wanted us to be strong defensively. And at NC State, it was the end of November, uh, December, and I hit, hit a game winner, a game winner uh, for, you know, to win the game. And my favorite player – my favorite collegiate player of all time was Jason Williams. And he was the, he was the analyst, the announcer of that game. And I remember hitting it and pointing at him. And it was just like, I was on cloud nine. Um, so I won and I go back to the locker room, everybody celebrating. And I check my phone, Scott, and my phone is blowing up. I mean, with people, people I talked to, people I hadn't heard from in so long. And, you know, just, there was a whole lot of bandwagon going on. You know, saying, Neat, man, you can still make it to the league, this and that. You know, this is this is what you can do. And it was like I went from a high point to a low point immediately. You know, it was like, okay, I just hit a game winner, but then I'm just saying, I'm look, checking my phone, and all of a sudden everybody's hit me up again, and I just saw through it, and I just didn't feel right. And, again, somehow, man, Coach Buzz has a, has a gift of just seeing when something's not right with one of his players. And he just saw that in me. He was like, Nick, what's going on? So once we got back to Milwaukee, uh, I stayed after and I sat in his truck and he was just talking to me. And he said, Nick, what's going on? And I'm just like, coach, this is, you know, my life isn't adding up. You know, I just don't feel good about things. And that's when he asked me. He asked me about my relationship with Jesus Christ. And uh, he just laid out the gospel. He laid out the good news to me. And uh, he explained to me what Jesus Christ came and done for me and uh, made me realize uh, how sinful I was. I was in need of God's grace. And long story short, he led me to accepting Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. And I got saved that day, man. So, yeah. So with all that being said, when I got hurt against UConn, I was so strong spiritually at that point that I had so much faith that it didn't waver me so much. You know, sometimes we can get yeah. tossed. We can get tossed emotionally, especially when it's in sports, because your experience highs and lows all the time but when you're anchored in christ you know it's not about your emotion it's about where you are spiritually and that's why that consistency and that having that daily that daily walk with jesus that relationship you know that's what's going to keep you anchored you know that's what's going to keep you strong to where when life happens when the world does crazy things then you know you're not relying on self you're relying on jesus to get you get you through whether it be good or bad no i mean that's that's what college should be all right about, right? Life-changing experiences. It should experiences. be. Man, and that's what I try to promote 
because their college is great. College is great, but let's be truthful. There's a lot of distractions. There's a lot of things out there that can throw you off the course of life. And that's a lot when you're just an 18, 19, 20 year old kid, because, you know, there can be huge implications there. You know, if you get off track just the slightest bit. So I try to promote the good things, you know, and also try to, try to out some of the things that are bad that a lot of people don't want to talk about because I, I really want to help kids. And uh, especially when it comes to college players, because there's a lot of great things, but there's a lot of things that can knock you off your course that you need to be aware of. So again, talking about, you know, your athleticism and, and your ability to heal, we found out, right? I mean, anybody else that has this injury is out for months. Right. And we're getting to the postseason. You guys just, Start, you know, everybody shaves their head, right? <laughs> yep. Except and, and for I'll me. Always, <laughs> Go ahead. Man, I know me. I'll always remember you were walking out of casting, and I'm like, before we were going to play in the NCAA, are you going to play? And you sprinted to the training room and, and looked back and just kind of smiled. And I'm like, he's going to play. He's not going to be 100%, <laughs> but he's going to play. But I mean, talk a little bit about that. That's a, a roller coaster of emotions, knowing that yeah. you're going to play, but not be who you are and who you know you can right. be in the court. I was, I was just talking to my in-laws about this last night uh, at dinner. And uh, it was so tough. I mean, shout out to Maurice Ack Acker. Reese, he did an excellent job. Um, you know, after I got hurt, he became a starter, led our team, and did an amazing job. It was so tough to watch, especially even in New York in, in, the, conference, uh, in the conference tournament watching my guys. I know it's my last year. We ended up losing in a heartbreaker to Villanova. And, uh, you know, just, I mean, when it came down to it, it was Wes Matthews and Jarrell McNeil. Those were my brothers, you know. And I was just like, I would love, I was praying just for one opportunity, one more opportunity to lace them up with those guys. And uh, I just did everything that I possibly could. Ernest Eugene was our was our uh, trainer, man. And uh, we was bumping – he, we was bumping heads because he was wanting me to go slow. I'm like, Ernest, man, I'm feeling good. You know, he's – and, again, he was just looking out for my best interest and wanted to make sure that I was I was okay. But the healing process, it was just uh, – I call it, they were calling it like a medical miracle, you know, because of uh, how fast that, you know, my bone was healing and how strong it had gotten in that quick of time. And, uh, you know, preparing for the NCAA tournament, uh, I think we played against, what, Utah State or – uh, or was it BYU? BYU. BYU. BYU, yeah. Yep. So we played against BYU and it was feeling better. And uh, I'm telling Coach Buzz and Co telling Coach Del Lair, like, hey, I think I can give this thing a shot. So we ended up going to a local boys and girls club for a workout with Coach Lair's son. This is the first time I ever talked about this. <laughs> you getting you getting the exclusive, Scott? Yeah, well, that's why that's why we're doing this. <laughs> and again, we went to a local boys and girls club and had an amazing individual workout. And uh, I was in there dunking, and I mean, I'm sure a whole lot of it was adrenaline. <laughs> yeah, you know, but uh, it was a great workout, and we came back because Coach Buzz he wasn't even there, and I didn't want to be a distraction to the team. We try to keep it as low key as possible, and um. We ended up going back to Coach Buzz, and he sat me down. He said, well, if you're feeling good and you want to play, I'm gonna, I trust you. And that's what I love about Coach Buzz. He, he, he places a lot of trust in his players, a trust and belief. And I said, Coach, I'm good. He said, well, I can't start you, but be ready. 
and uh, he gave me the opportunity. Obviously, I wasn't, I was just a shell of myself, and uh, I hope, I hope that I wasn't, you know, a, a distraction or um, brought anything bad to the table for the team that game. That game, but I was just thankful to get out there and, and play one last game with my guys against Missouri. I, I don't know if you've done it recently, but I, you know, I gotta ask. Was there a time, or, or or maybe you still do? Do you think about how life might be different had you not gotten hurt? Not not so much. Right, you're gonna get hurt playing, right? <laughs> right. But the time, the timing of it for you. Oh man. Senior year, NBA process. I know the box. You, you latched on a little bit with the box in summer league, but yeah. How much yeah, did that I, cross your mind? Uh, it early on it was tough. Early, especially my rookie season, I had. I had, I was in a summer league with the Bucks. I did vet camp with the Bucks, and the you know, Bucks they were they were not the greatest at that time. And Coach Scott Skiles, he was the coach then. And since they weren't a good team, it was like everybody was on a level playing field. And at that time, that's when they had uh, Brandon Jennings, and uh, I was trying to I was at him every day. I mean, you got to think I was playing against Jarrell McNeil and Wes Matthews every day in practice. Maurice Acker, so. When it comes to guard play and, and playing in the Big East, okay. I mean, Brandon Jennings, you bet. I mean, I was trying to, I was trying to give it to him. So um, I felt like I was playing great, and uh, you know, I was getting a lot of good feedback. And then the day before I was playing the first NBA game against uh, Detroit Pistons, I got a call from my agent saying it's time for you to go overseas. And then that's when I went, I went to Turkey, and that was my toughest year because I felt like I was, I was good enough to play in the NBA. Uh, and here I was halfway across the world, and that was, you know, that was extremely tough for me. So that's when I look back on it the most, and I had a really, really tough time because now I'm seeing guys who I played against, and they're getting their opportunity uh, to play in the NBA, and that was very, very tough, very, very tough. So I spent a lot of time thinking about my injury, you know, asking God a lot of questions about why this had happened to me. Um, but when I was able to really get away and accept things for the way that they were, find peace in the situation. And I was able to start praying for the guys who were in the NBA who are getting that shot. That's when I, I really had true understanding and I finally received peace over my situation is when I start praying for other people who did have the opportunity. Was there a, a, a time that you remember where you said, all right, the NBA is past and I'm going to focus on just continuing and playing overseas. Was it two or three years right. in or? Yeah, it's probably two or three years in. Um, I remember being in Vegas, Vegas my second time with the Bucks, and you know who was pulling for me the most and was putting word in for me, Wesley Matthews. Yeah, he was in Vegas. Man, I'm telling you what, he was in Vegas talking to assistant coaches on my behalf. You know, I mean that just tells you what type of human being Wes was. He was just like me. You know, I'm vouching for you. I'm putting words in everybody. I mean. West was just now getting established in the league, and here he was trying to put a word in for his guy, like, hey, man, give him a shot. Yeah. You know, and Kelvin Sampson, he was a great coach. He was an assistant coach with the Bucks, very approachable, very personable person, and that's who West was, you know, putting the word in with me uh, for me. He was like, hey, Coach Sampson, you know, what's up with Nick? What y'all think? You know, and I was getting good feedback. Um, but then when that didn't pan out, you know, I had to go back overseas. Um, it, the toughest part is, like, having friends and family saying – you know, you shouldn't be over there. You should be over here. You know, I see such and such. You know, you should be getting your shot. 
And, uh, you know, they, they all meant well, but that always made me feel a certain type of way because I wasn't there. You know, it was all, it, it was like what I was, what I was doing was never enough, yeah. you know? So you, you're not in the right place. You're not making what you should be making. Um, and that like was, when you were talking about after the NC state game, people were jumping yeah. on where you, you should have been going or where they right. thought you should have been going. Right. Yep. Yep. So, and, uh, and again, that's why the spiritual is so important because I had to get to a place where, um, you know, I wasn't so caught up in the competition. I was caught up in, you know, the comparisons and things like that. Like I had to, I had to remove myself from that, getting caught up in comparing myself uh, to the next man and just focusing on, you know, what God had for me in the path that he wanted me to be on and just changing my perspective in that way. Uh, it changed my life. So that's, that's what I needed. And I was able to focus on, you know, what God had for me and the course that he had set me out on. We've covered a lot of stuff. I- and, and could probably talk a lot more. I know we could maybe we'll it'll be our first ever repeat guest at some point. Uh, you know, I know that's a big honor for you. You can add that. I'll add that to your Eurobasket.com bio. Uh, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> does, it, does it seem like it was over 10 years ago? Does it seem like it was yesterday? I mean, just talk okay, about so where you started from Marquette and where you are now, that, that journey. I mean, like I said, I was just a hungry young kid coming in my freshman year. And that's what made it so so uh so amazing my freshman year because I had guys like Steve Novak and Joe Chapman and Chris Grimm you know Steve gets his Steve Steve gets his glory you know I mean he gets a lot of credit and deservingly so I mean Steve is the epitome of a great teammate I mean he did everything the right way the way that it's supposed to be done but guys like Joe Chapman uh Chris Grimm uh Usman Barrow I mean those are the type of guys where, and even before I came, you got guys like Marcus Jackson and uh, uh, Todd Townsend. You know, these are guys who were before me that I just feel like they deserve so much more attention for the things that they did. I mean, so much sacrifice and, you know, other guys getting attention. I mean, even now, Joe Chapman, he's helped me out so much where, where I'm at in life, just like he did. No different than what he did for me when I was a freshman. You know, he built a small empire up here. Uh, you know, man, I'm telling you, empire. man, he's – and it's amazing. I'm like, Joe, you're – I mean, I'm just applauding him. I'm so proud of him. Joe Chapman, shout out to you, bro. I'm so, so thankful for you, man. Thank you for always. And head uh, coach, uh, TBT, head coach, you know. Man, come on. I mean, he's he even looks the part, don't he? <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm looking I'm like, Joe, man, I mean, speak so well. Because, hey, Joe, He might man, have more plays than Coach Crean. I'll be honest. I mean, might. talk to our guys about that. Hey, hey man, I, I'm, I'm watching, and I'm just like – I'm just so proud of him. He's come a long way. And, hey, Coach Crean wasn't <laughs> – he wasn't playing when it came to Joe Chapman. He was always on Joe. Oh, I- <laughs> oh well, Hey, I know you done heard some stories, and we don't got to go into that, but, man – The locker, when he moved his locker, didn't he move his locker? Man, in the one? <laughs> he done – shoo. I mean, he had to put in so much work, and he had to deal with a whole lot of discipline, <laughs> discipline, disciplinary and stuff going on. I mean, he took a lot of punishment for the team. Yeah, uh, he stuck he stuck his neck out for us, us freshmen, a lot. So that's why it was so special for us because those guys, those seniors, really took us under their wing, and uh, you know they they had to accept a lot, you know, with us freshmen coming in. And uh, they did what was best for the team. And I just tip my, my hat to those guys because they taught us freshmen uh, the, the, way, the way to work, 
daily to the way to fight, go to war uh, for each other and put the team first. And uh, they gave us the blueprint. They gave us the blueprint and we took it and we ran with it. Um, but when it comes to reminiscing and looking back on, on everything, I will tell you this, Scott. I've literally, I've had dreams. I've cried tears um, about not being the teammate that I wish I would have been. I've literally cried tears uh, a few times, a few times, um, because I just wish I would have, I wish I would have enjoyed just being a kid. I wish I would have enjoyed just being uh, just a just a normal teammate because my freshman year was so successful that I kind of got out there. I became instead of just being a basketball player in Milwaukee at Marquette, where you know you just got basketball. The Bucks wasn't that good, you know. I I, I quickly became the face of the university and uh, known in the city, you know. And it was like a being a local celebrity instead of just being a normal college player. And uh, that 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 knocked me off my course a lot, you know? So yes, I've cried tears because I wish I would have spent more time with my teammates, especially Wes Matthews, especially Wes, because he was my roommate for four years, you know? And our relationship isn't what it should be, or isn't what I want it to be. And it's not for any specific reason, it's just the distance, you know what I mean? And uh, I've cried tears, man, because Wes was the, when I said, when you, if somebody were to ask me, you know, who was my best teammate, just teammate flat out, it was Wes. You know, it was Wes and, uh, you know, just having him as a roommate and as a teammate and uh, just to know what type of person he is. You know, when you get older, you know, then those are the type of relationships you want. You know, you want yeah. the, you know, good friends. And I'm not even talking about basketball, forget basketball, but I just want to call you and say, hey, bro, what's going on? What's going on in life? How you doing? You know, and it's funny because my wife feels the exact same way. So now me and my wife, we're able to, you know, collaborate and talk and say, okay, what do we wish we would have done differently? And now how can we give back to young athletes coming up to where they can change their mindset and really enjoy the experiences that we had uh, without all the nonsense, without any of the distractions, but really just, you know, taking the, the entire experience and do it the right way. So. I would say that, you know, with uh, my relationship with Wes and then my other boy, Jarrell McNeil, man, because that's my, that's my brother uh, also. You know, he that's, is a that's grumpy old man now. Is he? Rail was an old soul already, man. Yeah. Rail was an old soul already, but, you know, me and Rail, we was always tight, though. I mean, we was always tight because if, if anybody understands me, you know, then or even now, it's that guy, you know what I mean? Like I can always hit him and we'll pick up where we left off, you know? And uh, I think that's awesome because, you know, I've gotten to a point in my life where basketball is is my new, you know? It's a big deal, but at the same time, it's not because I'm just, I'm so just caught up in enjoying life, you know? And, and basketball, I'm thankful was a small part of that. Uh, but now it's just about, you know, do, living the right way and treating people the right way and just enjoying life. It's been great catching up, man. I appreciate the time. And, and like I said, I mean, we could do a whole another uh, podcast just on your uh, celebrity in the city that we talked about earlier. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> right. That'll be, yeah. that'll be part two. Uh, you know what I tell everybody? You, you ever watch that? You, I know you watch Men in Black, right? Yes. You know the little 
machine they use to or tool they use to oh, yeah. just erase your memory. That's what happened to me. <laughs> <laughs> that's what that's what happened to me, man. All I remember is being married and uh <laughs> and everything else that's probably why i can't reminisce about nothing can't remember well, you, names, gotta, nothing. But you gotta use that thing on uh, everybody that's still up here that does remember uh i got no, to, that's why that's why i gotta come back that's why i gotta come back <laughs> seriously you do need to get back up here it's been too long uh yeah, does, before we go uh you have a message for marquette nation uh you know is your your journey is has been tremendous it's not over you're in a great spot right now, obviously, but maybe just some thoughts uh, to, to the sure. fans that remember you for, for when you were here and when you did become the face of the university. Uh, first of all, I'm thankful to Coach Cream and the Cream family for recruiting me. Uh, thank you. I already mentioned you, Scott. I mentioned Mike Broker. We talked about Todd Smith. I want to give a special shout out to Adrian Trice, our academic advisor. She, she's the bond. I mean, she's awesome. I don't see how she does her job taking care of all of us knuckleheads, but she did it, and she did it. Uh, she did it very, very well. Uh, to the Marquette family, I'm just I'm honored, man, to be a Marquette alum, uh, to be a part of that that university, and uh, from the from all of the leadership, you know, that that leads Marquette. I thank you. They've done a wonderful job, and I just want to make Marquette proud. You know, it's taken me some time to really get my life together, you know, and I, I'm thankful that I've taken, taken my time doing that, getting, getting things in order that I had to do as a, as a man, you know, first as a believer of, of Jesus, as a husband and, and as a father, well, because it means everything, you know, me being a kid from Indiana who was raised by a village, it means everything that I can re represent Richmond and then moving on and going to Marquette. It means everything that I, I, I want to represent Marquette in the right way and in the right light. Um, so I'm looking forward to doing that. And uh, the journey's not over. I feel like for me, it's just begun. So uh, I, I just pray that when I, I'm able to come back to the city of Milwaukee and especially Marquette University, um, that I will have a lot to share and uh, a lot to give back. So I'm looking forward to that. We hope you've enjoyed the latest episode of the Ring Out Ahoya podcast, which is available on GoMarquette.com, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. Thank you for listening, and Go Marquette! One, two, three, four. Those are numbers, but you already knew that. If you want to know what number you're going to pay each month for your car, use Kelly Blue Book My Wallet on AutoTrader. They're really good at numbers. Auto Trader. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.